0: Oh, my light's gone out. Hang a minute. Move, move.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Rosie. That's all right. Welcome to Rosie on Recruitment, a podcast on recruitment, career, and more. I'm your host, Rosie Nathan, partner and senior sourcing specialist at Customized Talent Group, chief commercial officer at her career, chartered manager, and mentor. I'm here with my featured guests, ranging from executives to graduates and candidates to hiring managers, to provide you with valuable insights and tips to help you get the most out of recruitment, whatever side you're on. Welcome to this Rosie Review episode. This is a quick intro as everything you'll need to know about Fiona N, GM of cards and payments from Kiwi Bank, is in the introduction I make for this Her Career leader-led Conversations Over Coffee call. Conversations Over Coffee began during the 2020 lockdown when we at Her Career recognized the importance of connecting the woman and our Facebook hub, millennial entrepreneurs thriving in their nine to five to provide a safe space to share and to introduce leader-led calls to provide a space for a senior entrepreneurial woman to share her career journey, insights, experience, and inspiration. This call makes leaders accessible, showing more of their whole human self and their career lessons. Please forgive the audio here. Although not of usual standards, the content quality is worth it. I hope you enjoy this imperfect whole human realness sharing all you lovely it's all on you <laughs> but no we're so grateful for you to share this because I think, I think so. particularly the twists you've had and what you're sharing about that heart and head discussion and decision yeah. is so relevant to so many
0: I don't think people think well enough about how career fits into their lives Yes. You know, that's sort of the key point I want to get away. And I'd like this, like people to feel a little bit motivated that they can do things. I think everybody needs a little bit of that right now. Mm -hmm. So just talking about
1: that inspiration, I've met with quite a number of candidates recently who have had some pretty unnecessarily harsh feedback from recruitment agents. There's a difference between being constructive and providing people with an opportunity to grow with how they're presenting or what their CV looks like Mm -hmm. or how they interview versus literally saying to people I just don't know where I would be able to place you and and what your expectations are in the current market and you know there's a way if someone's been looking for a little while that can be one of the last straws that just kills the just knocks you
0: yeah yeah that's uh, kind of disappointing to think that there's people in recruitment who are like that. Yes.
1: I mean, I've been on the receiving end of it a couple of times in my career yeah. and I just kind of thought, oh, well, maybe, yeah, well, the first thought for me was obviously I'm being unrealistic then. Because <laughs> yeah. you kind of, you're like, oh, and so that's what people would take away because they're the specialist in the area. Yeah. But hearing so many candidates that have had that experience and they're saying to me, oh, it's great to have a conversation and, you know, I've kind of held yeah. away some valuable points. I'm not being unrealistic i'm being very honest about you know i I just don't think this will fit but these are the ways that you could help yourself like leave some lesson opportunity and i'm like and also that's my opinion that there will be lots of people reviewing your information that are in positions of recruit in their organization that might not be 100% aligned you've you've got to find that person that sees your value that's right that's right i think your career Pieces here that sit on courage, I was so inspired by. (laughs) Like,
0: yes, yes, good topic. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I was out of my mind a little bit, I think, but I'm so pleased I did it.
1: Yes, yeah. That's the important part. There's a number of people, obviously, that we've had mutual connections with previously. Mm. So that interrelationship is one of the great things about New Zealand.
0: Oh, isn't it? It's just uh, it's, it's over and it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm writing a piece for Business Death New Zealand and it's going print next week. And I caught up with somebody who's in lobbying. And we were talking about sharing podcasting and different stuff and got onto this whole point of print. And found out that we're writing for the same new business section for Business Desk. And we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years, although she employed my nephew. But Mm -hmm. it was one of those things like, of course, of course we both are. This is amazing. Maori woman. Yeah. Getting some information around what can hopefully help some small and medium enterprises and their endeavors. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We have hit 12.29. I'm going to start letting people in and people might join as we progress. Great. So, we will jump right on in and I will keep admitting people as they enter. It's a very popular lady that we have here today with us, and thank you. Today, we have Fiona, a GM of Cards and Payments from Kiwi Bank, and you're joining us for this her career leader led conversations over coffee event. So, honoured to have you to share this time together. I think, really, you know, it's about your experiences, as we said. And sharing that with our millennial entrepreneurs thriving in their nine-to-five facebook hub but also we open these for our wider network so Fiona you've had a varied and interesting career I have. <laughs> yes you have and I can't wait to dig more into that while your early career focused in customer strategy insight and analytics across a range of service industries including telecommunications energy and the public sector Your later career has seen you move into financial services, where you've held a range of roles at BNZ before heading across to Tasman to launch Mm -hmm. Qantas Money. Huge step there. We have you back in New Zealand since 2019, now leading the cards and payments area at Kiwi Bank, a role which is complemented by a directorship at Payments New Zealand. You're on the board of trustees for Estuary Arts Charitable Trust, aligned to your personal passion for the arts. So you've provided me with a sneak peek of your sharing, which focuses on strength, courage, and understanding, very cleverly and entertainingly wrapped up into the significance of today's date, the 14th of July. As usual, for everybody on the call, last housekeeping mention, please use the chat function for any questions, ensure that your video remains off. And with that, we'll kick off. Fiona, thank you again for being here. I'll pass over to you and would love you to start with the key takeaways you'll leave us with from your sharing across your career.
0: Thanks so much, everyone, for having me. It's, it's a privilege being able to speak to you and, and you making the time, so so thank you. And I'd like to welcome you to the Kiwi Bank offices. I'm talking into a, a mobile phone, so it's, it's a little bit difficult for me, but I just want to showcase this beautiful, beautiful background we've got. We've got them all through our offices, and that's Kiwi Bank recognising New Zealand artists that's some of Flock's work. Let's kick off, Happy Bastille Day, 14th of July. You know, that's the anniversary of the storming of the Bastille prison, and that was a flashpoint, which... Which led to the French Revolution and reform in France. And I think it's applicable to this conversation today on women and their careers. So if you think about the attitudes that those revolutionaries and reformists would have needed to have, they would have needed to back themselves. They would have had to have a hell of a lot of courage. And they really wanted to progress and grow and create a better environment, both for themselves and their families. It's actually quite a nice parallel today. We'd be having a chat, Rosie, with women. I love that alignment you made. A bit about me. So I'm Fiona, and this is the way I describe myself. I'm a wife to a very gorgeous husband. I'm a daughter. I'm sister to four brothers, explains a bit. I'm an aunt to five amazing young adults. And to me, family's everything. I'm a crazy creative. So I play the piano, check in the weekend. I, on a whim, bought a piano accordion, as you do. I love photography. I love art. And this is fast becoming a passion for me, an obsession, really. And you know, I specialize in contemporary mixing media and at the moment I'm working on a a series on stylish 60s fashion icons because in my mind's eye that's me and onto my professional side as Rosie mentioned I'm the GM of cards and payments at Kiwi Bank so it's a role I jump out of bed for every morning most mornings I love working for a brand that is genuinely interested in developing this beautiful country we live in and I love working alongside some really talented colleagues who I enjoy working with and challenge me every day so I thought I'd talk through my career give you some insights along the way and some of the stories and experiences which have really helped me to grow where I am right now. So on to my career story. I think of a career as a, as a journey as opposed to a destination and your career is made up of a whole lot of choices. So the first choice I had to make was, it was when I was at university, do I pursue my love of arts or do I pursue my love of intellectual and, and commerce? And the head won over the heart. I did economics and finance and entered the workforce when New Zealand was still wheeling from Black Monday, which was the 1987 stock market crash. You know, I was really grateful to land a job and grateful to have landed a job which allowed me to develop on my skills that I've learned at university. And it's actually interesting now thinking where we are, you know, all these decades later, the impact that COVID's had. And, you know, I still feel that gratitude for having a great, a great career and a, and a great company to be working for. I landed a job at Statistics New Zealand working on the business and economic surveys and I didn't love it but I did my time in public sector so I know that is not for me but then I quickly moved into the commercial sector and I discovered it wasn't so much financial analysis that I was drawn to it was customer insights and what makes customers tick and how they behave. When I think about my career I describe it in chapters. Chapter one I'm calling this preparing for battle. I'm clearly not a writer. No it's great I love it. <laughs> 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 so for me, the first chapter was becoming an expert in analytics and customer insight and customer strategy and customer experience. And that was, as Rosie mentioned, across a range of industries. You know, I started in the government sector, then I moved to energy. I did a stint in a marketing agency when email marketing was just coming out, and then telcos. In a way, I've thought about each of those roles. And what challenged my move was really thinking about the specific skill sets I was trying to develop. I I wanted to demonstrate that I could be adaptive and move across industries, but I was also really deliberate focusing on the skills that I wanted to develop. The companies I talked about, consulting was a big one for me, which is why I was working in an agency, people leadership. And that was a a massive thing I wanted to start to build some bench strength in. And then when I was at telecom, I really wanted to look at to what degree I could help influence a strategic shift. And for telecom, that was moving more from a product-centric organisation at the time to a customer one. But by my mid-30s, you know, career was going really well, but I had a crossroads. I'd become a a deep subject matter expert, and and I was honestly afraid I'd be pigeonholed. And And I was also a little bit frustrated that I was helping other people with their decisions, as opposed to taking the accountability for making the decisions myself. Around about that same time, I had one of those life-changing moments, and it was one of the hardest things I've had to go through in my whole life. My husband was diagnosed with grade four brain tumours, and the prognosis was not favourable. And actually, when we went into the surgeon's office, you know, after he had his his surgery, I hadn't cottoned on to why there was a social worker in there with us. But the surgeon gave us the devastating news and, while he did it. He was actually smiling from ear to ear. Clearly that surgeon was better behind a knife rather than in front of a patient. What it did for me, it had a fundamental impact not only on my life, but also on my career. So it did a couple of things. It made me reprioritise around Jason. And it it took two to three years, but we actually got him all clear. But after that, we both made the decision that he'd support me going hard on my career because he couldn't hold the sort of work that he used to. But it also made me realize something else. It made me realize that people can take terrible news, but you've got to be honest and you've got to be respectful about how you deliver it. And so, you know, I think about that example. Every time I go into a a difficult conversation with someone and I go into it, I think about that moment and I know as long as I'm fair and upfront with that person, they'll they'll actually cope with it. You've just got to really think about how how you deliver it. So that was chapter one for me, preparing for battle. And that for me was really having a winning mindset. Again, as I talked through focusing on building your resilience, I spent that time building the toolkit of the skills which would help me be more effective in my role and in my life and just really getting myself match fit for battle. So chapter two, now this one I've entitled Know Your Strengths. So as I said, this was a career pivot for me and I moved into banking and really, as I said, I was just looking to give my career a real nudge and banking sector had always attracted me. You know, I'd studied how money works at university, very complex, big businesses. They're highly commercial and, you know, in the banking sector, there's loads of growth development opportunities. So there's a plug for banking. I think the way I made the moves, I was leveraging my, expertise in customer strategy and analytics and I made a sideways move at a relatively senior level and that was as Rosie said that was at BNZ that was my first role into BNZ but I did that in a way which would give me exposure to the executive in an area that I was really competent in So wanting to move and growing your career up senior levels, it is important that you get noticed and you think about that sort of exposure. worked pretty well for me, and I was in the leadership team of the business bank pretty quickly, and the role I was looking after was the business segment, which was a very large P&L. I turned up to my first leadership team meeting and walked into a room of 15 to 20 guys. They were highly competent men who'd spent 20 plus years in banking. I was pretty intimidated um, and I really started questioning myself. And the turning point for me came from a comment that one of my female colleagues made to me. I I was questioning myself and she pulled me aside. (laughs) She me came of dressing down and she said, I don't want to hear you talk like that again. So I considered myself dressed down. What happened as a result of this, I started voicing my views and challenging respectfully. I recognized that my perspective was changing the conversation and that imposter syndrome that so many of us have, it, it started to subside. And the CEO at the time, who still remains one of my role model leaders, he was coaching me. He spent a day tailing me, following me in my meetings and things. And then we had our coaching session at the end of it. And I talked to him about, you know, needing to, get stronger at functional expertise, because you know the complexity of the areas I was looking at. And he said to me, all you have to do is hold your head high. So that's another point that's resonated and stuck with me. So after that, I went on to run business banking operations function. I played a lead role in the transformation and set up our know, SME proposition. And I eventually went on to run the bank-wide product function. Just a couple of call-outs from that chapter of my story. To know your strength, you need to back yourself, you've got to have a voice, and you've got to have the courage to say what you think. So, shall I go on to chapter three, Rosie?
1: I mean, I'm loving the story. There's a couple of pieces that really resonate. With me, around terrible news and that transferable knowledge that people are resilient, but the way that you talked about it also shows a respect of dignity for the other person that I think can be lacking, which is where the disconnect happens and others don't receive the news quite so well. And you're sideways, but with strategy people who are talking a lot about a potential pivot within their career. Yeah, I'd like to dig a little bit more even into that. As you were going through that thought process, what did you feel? Because it is a very big decision to take either a sideways or even, I've just been speaking with somebody on my podcast, Sally from Business Filter, about taking a potential down step to go up and align more to that lack of pigeonholing or where you want to see your, your long-term career so just a little more maybe around those considerations at pivot time I know a lot of our mm-hmm. networks ask about that
0: it's going back to the point I was making about your career it's a marathon not a sprint a lot of people and I was like this early on in my career I thought I want to get here get, you know and it was just like yeah. step up step up step up but it, actually if you think about having a growth mindset sort of my frame of reference is it's not where in the organization I sit. it's am I continuing to learn and to grow and are the things I'm focusing on things that give me real energy and you know that's been what my frame of reference has been on those. Capsulas
1: right so there's elements of your role that can definitely deplete but if you have enough that you can be passionate about and gain energy from then you're absolutely on the right track. I love the dressing down from your female (laughs) colleague as well because sometimes we need a little bit of a kick in the butt or shake of the shoulders. (laughs) What are you doing (laughs) Um, (laughs) to wake us up? I'm so glad you shared that and that it was, well, you were at a leadership level. Sometimes people... Understand the fact that you reach a senior yeah. level and then it's fine, you're making all the right decisions every day, but of course, there are challenges. And they, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so please, we would love to hear more of your story.
0: Okay, chapter three is called Have Courage, Take Risks. So, this for me was that move that I talked about overseas, or Rosie talked about overseas, where I moved to Qantas, and it was moving to Qantas to set up a new fintech business called Qantas Money. I wanted a multinational experience, I wanted to learn about. Developing a digital business and actually, I just wanted to work overseas for a bit, try something different. And I'd always targeted an airline. So I'm a closet plane spotter and I'm an obsessive traveler. So, how good is it to work for one of Australia's most iconic brands? So, the story behind the move six months before I moved, I actually missed out on a role at the top table at the bank. And it caused me to realize how much I was defining my my life by my career. So after a bit of thinking and consultation with Jason, I resigned with no role to go to and I flipped a coin to determine whether we go to Melbourne or Sydney and Sydney won, secured a house online, sight unseen and I don't recommend that, <laughs> packed up my husband and my two cat and we took two suitcases and two days before I was due to leave New Zealand I got a call from Contras that I'd secured my dream role. It ended up being the three most incredible years for us. The joint venture itself was a once in a lifetime opportunity to be involved in building and personally we were on a plane every every weekend and anywhere within 80 hours within Sydney was fair game and my relationship with my husband just got better. On reflection I think what that experience taught me was to have courage and take some risks and I came back with a whole range of new experiences and skills for my artillery. I think a big piece about your leadership and your career is leadership is as a, as a dance on taking risks. But if you don't take those risks, you'll be left wondering what if. So I'll just run through the last that I saw a couple of questions flashing up, but I'll just run through the last little bit. The last chapter for me is where I am at the moment, and I've called it Understand Your Regiment. And I'm sure they didn't call them regiments during the French Revolution. Can we get your draft, it's fine. This will do, this will do, <laughs> yeah. And if you're starting to think about your own revolution or, Reform, it starts with understanding yourself and the people you work with. And so, my current chapter, as Rosie said, is I'm back again in New Zealand. The decision was motivated by an elderly mum and wanting to make sure she was my priority. You know, we live in this incredible country, and I wanted to work for a company that deeply believed in giving back to New Zealand, which Kiwi Bank does. So, now I'm with Kiwi Bank, and that alignment with values has been really important to me. I've got a board directorship, as Rosie mentioned, with Payments New Zealand. And I think Payments in New Zealand is an area that needs challenging. That's why I'm, I'm spending time in it. And I finally understood what work-life balance means and I'm really pursuing my love of art. I've got a lot of exhibitions going on at the moment. And as Rosie mentioned, I'm a volunteer on board not on a not-for-profit for a charitable trust. So I think realised the importance of surrounding myself with good people and giving up your skills and learning from those who've got Different skills from you. So at Kiwi Bank, I've got the opportunity to work with some incredible women, and it's really important to focus on what makes you unique, special, and Leveraging what unique skills around you people have. So the last thought I wanted to leave you with is a concept called your superpower. So everyone has a superpower. When I think about those women I just talked about at Kiwi Bank, one of them, whose superpower is being calm. And so she just diffuses tension. No matter what's being said, she diffuses tension. Another one is just this, extraordinary executor she just gets stuff done I don't know how she does it but she gets stuff done and another one I've described her superpower is inclusive she's incredibly warm and she knows how to make people feel they are important and part of something I reach out to those women when I need their superpowers because I haven't got all those skills and regardless of whether it's their role or not they'll help me and vice versa and I describe mine I'd be interested to see what these women would say mine was, but this is how i describe mine. For me, it's being honest. You know, being honest with someone is the best way to show you care and respect them. So your superpower is key to unlocking your career. Surround yourself with really good networks and think about what superpowers they bring. Don't be afraid to lean into your networks for your colleagues. They have a special skill and you know you could use it. And give, because if you give, you'll get back in return. So that's what I think makes our regiment great. So in turn, I was just going to leave you with one thought. I wanted you to reflect on what your superpower is, what makes you unique, and what you're doing to focus on it. Because that's the one thing that makes you stand out. So looking forward on to chapter seven or eight. You know what I finished it four, because I'm not started five yet. But chapter seven or eight, I haven't written it yet. And maybe, just maybe we'll buy a chateau in the south of France and turn it into a business so you got to have dreams happy deal day everyone
1: oh my god Fiona that was absolutely brilliant <laughs> I just have this imagery of you being on that tv show I can't remember what it's called but chateau is something and they all do the renovations oh, and the I would shadow. love to watch it yeah, yeah, yeah. yes I cannot wait to see you on there. Let's jump to the questions. I know one was a comment. So thank you, Chris, for the link to imposter syndrome. We will add that to the notes in the article that is created from this piece. Ying was asking, what are the qualities do you think are important for a female leader to demonstrate in the banking industry?
0: I think, back to what I was saying, Yang, about being honest, being fair, being firm and standing your ground, I think, you know, that's really important qualities that have stood me in good stead. I think being curious. There are a lot of people still in banking who have been in banking for a long period of time and, you know, you look at some of the reforms and what's coming through and what customer expectations are and when innovation will go to and I think being curious and always asking the question, what if and how else could we think about this and just having a really really curious mindset would be the second thing. And missed
1: Sam's question as well. She asked, how did you find your role model? I'm preserving that from BNZ. Did you seek him out or did he offer to mentor you?
0: He was actually, he was the CEO of BNZ. I will mention his name because I thought he was an exceptional human being and his name was Andrew Thorburn. And he he was a role model to a number of people in the organisation. And so when you've got a leader, you know, and I look at my leader now at Kiwi Bank, Steve Yukovic is another guy who's, mm so driven by values you know Mm. that that stuff just that that just draws me to people I think also in the role that I was at I just naturally got the, the exposure to him but I think I'm always looking at who's doing stuff well and who's doing stuff maybe not so well and trying to think how I can learn and be better from it, and I think New Zealand is a, an incredibly networked and generous country in terms of people making themselves available. So, like when you see someone who's got those skills, just just reach out to them, and, and chances are they'll they'll make time for you look at you you're here today being generous with
1: your time with us I would love to back that comment up about Steve I know that he does a lot of work with We Are Menaki. I've done some work with them and in one of my podcast episodes highlighted their digital doers academy he works alongside small business and I know that he's very very passionate about Kiwis being the best that they can in supporting this community that we have that we're lucky enough to have so a couple more we have Andrew hoping you're well which is great (laughs) and given the opportunities that have come with changing careers. How do you build authority or credibility in a new industry when they might be new to you?
0: It's really thinking about the questions you ask. Like when I moved into the senior business role that I referred to, I've never written a lending deal and I still haven't. But I think really spending time, education yourself, I mean, it was a beautiful learning curve, it was, and I, I invested a lot of time into it. I surrounded myself with people who would call me when I was doing things right or wrong just to help coach me. But again, I still think moving careers or roles, I think sort of more sp- you get aptitude is a given you know you'll learn the technical pieces and you, you know if you've got to a certain level or you've got a certain background you just got to back yourself on it what the important piece is is the attitude and it's the attitude of how you approach it
1: yeah absolutely a bit of shameless self-promotion. My podcast released this week also covers some items on personal branding and my pivot. My latest pivot spending a year in this recruitment business. And now I'm writing articles for Business Desk, as I mentioned, and I've been quoted by News hub and being seen as a year in a leader in this industry. But that comes with the 20 years prior of experience that I'm bringing to this. So, you have values that you just need to understand is transferable and ensure that, as you say, Fiona, that you back yourself in both techniques. Mm. Really nice words from Kim just saying that a lot of what you said has resonated with her. Given that we're just over one o'clock, I might leave it there, Fiona. Really, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure meeting you a few months ago and so thrilled that you created this space to share your journey with us. So many great takeaways for everybody. And we, I can't wait to see you again soon.
0: Thanks so much, everyone. And have a good afternoon. Have your best deal day. Happy All best right, deal have your best day. <laughs> yeah bye-bye
1: when I ponder Fiona's superpowers from the short time I've known her I think genuine inquisitive creative and honest i hope you'll take up fiona's challenge of thinking about your superpowers and how you can start to use them i'd love you to also drop me a line with what they are if you'd like to find out more about fiona her art or kiwi bank check out the show notes and don't forget if you have a recruitment or career question send me an email or voice memo my contact details are in the show notes if you're curious i'm sure others out there are wondering too i'd love to hear from you and answer your questions on an upcoming episode If you liked this episode of Rosie on Recruitment, please subscribe, review, share with your networks on your favorite social channels and tag me at Rosie Her Career. That's R-O-S-E-Y. I'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions to discuss how I can help you find the best human talent for your organization or to place you in your next dream role. Until next time, remember, be calmer, be kind, be better.